0: Welcome to another inspirational message from City Life Center Church. If you're ever in the area, come visit one of our services. We would love to meet you. Enjoy the message. City Life is five years old. Can you believe it? The big five, and we're celebrating that. Uh, we're celebrating it in a fun, good way, and uh, and it's and and. Uh, i'm up here just kind of limping a little bit because i just might as well go ahead and acknowledge it publicly i have a fractured ankle um not much fun uh maybe i'll tell the story later but but uh but it's, you know, I, I've, got, I've I got permission from my doctor to just have it wrapped up really, really tight. And, and he said, are you disciplined enough to do that? And I said, yes, sir. And uh, I did it. So uh, this morning, I got, I got out of the car, uh, got out of my car with the City Life uh, Partners Parking, and... and it was dark and it was raining and, and I had my, 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 uh, my little computer with me and had my coffee. And it's like, how am I going to carry this? How am I going to make it to my office? Life is hard. And I got out of the car and I was like, oh, just shut up, Tim. Just get your foot, put your feet on the ground and start walking. I, t- I did. I, I talked to myself that way sometimes. You ever tell yourself to shut up? If if you don't, you need to try it. It works really good. I like it. Just shut up, Tim. And I, I got up there, walked in. It's like, see, I, I'm a big boy. I'm tough. I'm not going to be the wimpy pastor. I no, mean, no. If you guys want a wimpy pastor, you're you're at the wrong church. <laughs> hey, five years ago we had our grand opening here at City Life, and and since then God has accomplished some amazing things. Uh, God has firmly established a Bible-based, jesus focus in the heart of America's 16th largest city, right here in Fort Worth. Uh, we're five. In fact, next week, uh, you got to be here. Next week, I'm going to be sharing a message about the number five and what it means in Scripture and even how it applies to our lives and our ministry as well. And, uh, I, and as I was thinking about that, a lot of me, my thoughts kind of went back to when I was five years old, and I, I started thinking about what life was like when I was five. And when I was five, I lived in a little town called Marshall, Washington. How many of you guys have been to Marshall, Washington? If you lift your hands, you're probably lying, okay? Because let me just show you. I, because of the wonderful, beautiful nature of Google Maps, I can show you Marshall, Washington. This right here, I like my laser pointer. Isn't that fun? I can point it at you guys. But uh, you guys know you want to have one of these. I, I have it in my hand, though. But this is the town of Marshall, Washington. Now, let me just give you a quick anatomy of the city because I recall it very well. <coughs> Uh, we, my house that we lived in was right there about to where that little thing says U.S. Post Office. This is Marshall Creek, but we didn't call it Creek, we called it the Crick. We'd go fishing in the creek. And there, there were, uh, the, there were the railroad tracks going right through here. And uh, the railroad tracks are down low, but there was this big thing and a big drop, and it was kind of really, really scary down there. And there's a little bridge you could cross over. It was a rope bridge, but nobody was allowed to cross it. Um, over there, this, this area is, was called the Peter's Farm. That's where the Peters lived. They were scary people, uh, and I, I zoomed in. I like like a nosy neighbor. I zoomed back in to, to that area. It's like that's where the Peters lived, and and uh, it, it, it looks kind of like it did back then. It's just uh, maybe they still live there. I don't know, but you got to zoom in there sometime and see what's in their yard. Uh, and then and then back. Okay, see this big building here in town, the biggest building in town. Was the church my dad pastored uh, over here uh, over here back in this area, we would go up the little hill to the church because it kind of got higher and higher that the elevation and and the, the woods started here and uh, and we would uh, we didn 't have this little road that went around the world back then but uh, but what we would do is is we would uh, We would go up into the woods, and this is all, it looks like, you know, they've taken a lot of the trees out now, but it was all woods. It was deep, dark forest. It was scary fun up in there. Absolutely love and remember so much my days there in Marshall. it was a little town of eighty-seven people. I, I actually remembered that. I, I looked it up to see the info on it now. And this town has now shrunk to fifty-one people, I guess, since my family left and others. But, but, uh, but my my dad pastored the the church that that you know that that met in that building right there. It's called Marshall Community Church. And, and I, I remember that we'd sing a little song as a kid. We'd go rah rah and see. Marshall Community Church, rah rah shishka bob, yay Jesus! I don't know. We would. Uh, that was. Th- we, hey guys, listen. You have to understand. It was. It was the. It was the late sixties, early seventies. What? Uh, whatever. But but in my dad in my church, that was the kids that would sing it, not the adults. But but in my in my church, my dad pastored about two hundred people. Now I have no idea how two hundred people were extracted from that out there. But uh, but. At the age of five, I began to explore. You see, I wanted to conquer the vast world around me. And that's where I learned to ride my bike. In fact, I would learn to ride my bike right along this little road right here. And, and, uh, and I would... I, I, I love riding my bike. Uh, I, I remember skinning my knees right out there where it says U.S. Post Office, you know, the one. And I, 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 uh, I remember skinning my knees out there and, and the blood and tears. And I would get back up in spite of my tears and was cheered on by my brothers. And, and uh, just like I, I conquered bicycling. I took off my training wheels there. You guys excited about that? That was a big moment for me. My three older brothers—they uh, would go into the woods, uh, and, and they, they would—they would go into the woods, and they would build forts and stuff. And there were also some woods over here, around this area too, and kind of down in that area, where uh, where they would befriend hobos that were camping in the woods. That's what we called them, the hobos that would camp in the woods. They'd camp over near the railroad tracks, and they'd jump on and off the, tra- the train as it came, as it slowly came through that area. Uh, I would. I would, go with my, um, I would go with my older brothers sometimes, and I would dig for treasure. There was this old city dump, and it was actually kind of down there where the hobos would were. But there was this old, old city dump, and we would dig for treasure out there. And, and we'd take our knives, and we would take little shovels and stuff and picks and just dig for treasure. And we found cool stuff in the trash. And we would also, we would also explore our neighbors' houses when they were on vacation. Now don't judge me. I was a kid, all right, all right. And God has forgiven me, so don't, don't, please don't be judging me. That we broke into our neighbors' houses and just we took nothing. We just wanted to see. There were some houses, that If you couldn't, they didn't have kids. We could never go in, so we wanted to go explore. We did. We did. Well, my parents did eventually find out, and I remember clearly the day. I remember it. I remember it is vividly imprinted on my mind when my parents lined the four of us boys up me being the youngest a simple little five-year-old boy lined us up and i was disciplined along with my oldest brother who at that time was 15 and we were all we all had to bend over, and my parents used this method of punishment that the Bible calls the rod of correction, and it made the Bible says it makes drives evil away. And I'm telling you, it drove the evil away. We never did it again, and we just say, like, okay, life's going to be better. Uh, life in the little unincorporated town of Marshall was a daily adventure. Uh, I, I love it because my house. I found it on Google Earth. That's the house. I had to kind of hunt it down and zoom in, and that's my house. I, I, I made a snowman. I put it right there one day. I remember I, I have a, my parents have a picture of it. Now, this, this house seemed bigger as a kid, but but and then when I think back of it, it was a tiny little house. My two oldest brothers, they actually lived in the basement of this little two-bedroom house, and but the basement was only accessible through a trap door that was in the living room. So dad built this ladder so they could climb in and out. This is what was called a Parsonage. Because back in those days, a pastor would live in a house that was furnished to him by by the church. And so the church says, "Okay, you family of you know there were uh, four of us boys and my parents, so family of six. Okay, this is your house. Have fun." And so you know they dumped the kids down into the basement under the trap door. That's what we did. And 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 but as a five year old, I was not allowed to go down there on my own. I mean, I couldn't lift the trap door anyway. Part of me just wants to go into that house and and pull that trap door open again. I just remember my brothers coming in and out of it. I thought it was the coolest thing. My, my, my brothers would always wonder what would happen to them if the house were to catch fire. I remember discussing it, and we talked about it as a family. I made up my mind. I, I never told anybody, but I was resolute that if a fire ever happens, I'm going to go save my brothers, and I'm going to open that door, and I'm going to get extra strong, and I, I'm going to get them out. I mean, I, it's like I, I overcame the, the reality that. Uh, that I couldn't lift it, but but you know, it's like my little five-year-old mind was simply believing that I was going to help people in, in spite of the fact that it was physically impossible for me. So here it is in Marshall and this little house in this town where I began really to recognize my call as a pastor. I, I wanted to boldly go where no boy had gone before. Uh, put, put, that, put that last picture back up here because what, what I would do is I'd cross over... To go to the Peters farm, and so you see, I wasn't allowed over there. And again, like I said, they were they were they were they were quirky people. They really were, and uh, but but the Peters house uh, the Peters house had burned down, and so we, I remember the night of the big fire, the the Peters house, the the, the orange glow over the whole city, uh, and then went down there a few days later, and I began to go and sift through the ashes to see if I could find some treasure. Digging for treasure in ashes, digging for treasure in old dumps, you know, it's just, I guess that's just part of me, I, I still believe there's always treasure, no matter how decimated a person's life may be. The Peters, they had a lot of animals, and, and I remember, like, as soon as I'd get, get right on the property right there, uh, that there would be this, this rooster, and it was a very annoying rooster, and this rooster would chase me, and would peck my leg, and one time it brought blood. I I loathed, I despised that rooster as a five-year-old boy. And if you can tell, I still have issues that are not resolved. I don't like roosters to this day. I eat them. (laughs) I don't care. I don't care what you think. I have issues with roosters. Dad and Mom, I mean, they said it was best for me to not go over there because they were kind of strange and the Peters didn't go to church. So we, it's like, eh, you know. But it was after my dog Lumi was killed on the tracks and my my parents had had found, Lumi had been gone for a while, my parents then found Lumi down here um, on the tracks, had been killed by a train. I became then very fearful of the the train tracks, and so I never went back there uh, again, and I didn't cross the tracks again alone. Because as a five-year-old, then I began to realize, well, these boundaries my parents put into place, maybe there are some rules that need to be observed, and I began to understand the importance of that. In fact, even one summer day, I took a hike deep into the woods. I I went at the safe way up by the church, and you know, when you're up by the church and that's your launching pad, that's a good safe place. But I went up here deep into the woods, and but it's such a small area, yet that area is kind of high, so I. could hear down below where my mom's house was and my parents house my mom began to call and she called she was timmy timmy that that was my name back there timmy timmy don't call me timmy now all right right, no do not but she called me timmy timmy i could hear i remember turning and yelling i could faintly hear my mom and and so i yelled back "Mom, mom i'm coming home and um she couldn't hear me. I kept, she kept calling, and I kept yelling back. And I thought, well, I, th- I think I better go back. And, and so I, I went back uh, home, and when I got there, my mom told me that I had been gone 40 minutes. And I didn't know quite what that meant, but that was definitely a long time because by the time I got back there, my tomato soup and my grilled cheese sandwich were Cold. And she said, you're going to eat your cold lunch because you're going to remember that you're not going to do this again. And I'll tell you what, it's in my mind today. I ate that soup. Let me tell you guys, grilled cheese and, uh, and cold tomato soup tastes nasty. It is not good. And she said, you're going to eat it all. Oh, such abuse that I experienced as a child. I'm just kidding. I, I remembered it thank God for mom that made me eat cold food because I decided at that point I'm not going to keep doing those kinds of things. I learned boundaries are there for a reason. But, But I I was five years old, and, and really everything out there just seemed to be an adventure for me because it was at the age of five, guys, that I began to live my life with, with a, a sense of purpose at that time. Uh, I, I, that's where I realized just, just, I was, that I really loved God, and that I loved the church, and I loved helping people, and I loved adventure. <laughs> In fact, I remember examining church systems and strategies. You know, one time, I remember all of the kids, there were about 75 of us who were lined up. We had a big VBS, so we were all lined up right there at the top of the hill. And and we were doing our big VBS, and that's where they were teaching us the song Marshall Community Church, rah rah shish kebab, yeah. That is what we sang, and it's still in my mind today. But but there were some things about the VBS that I thought could be run better, and I even remember as a five year old going and telling my parents like, there are better ways for us to do VBS. But see, it's, it's kind of interesting because even with, with that, my, th- that just began to grow in me and, and it really through every up and down in life, I just, just continued to see this calling being realized in my life and I would walk in it. I would, I would take steps forward into it. So I can honestly say that since I was about five years old, I had made the choice at that time to begin to live my life with a sense of purpose. I'd be a pastor, someone who is basically on an adventure to help people. Let me explain what this means to us here here it is is that God calls you what you are before you become it see at five I certainly wasn't a pastor yet even though I was starting to kind of act like it but in God's eyes I was you see that see in the world people are going to call you what you are after they see it and you prove it but not God he just simply calls it out of you And and, and God expects us to act upon it and have faith upon it long before anyone else can see it. But doing that really means a daily choice. It's a daily choice of walking in our purpose, walking in our destiny. And sometimes, I'll be honest with you, you know it as well as me, it's easier said than done. Yet, we still need to do it i mean david he was anointed as the king of israel as a young teen while he was still a shepherd and and then after he was anointed as the king he went out and continued being a shepherd And in fact 23 years passed before be up until the time when he was actually sitting on the throne of jerusalem as the king but god saw him as a king when he was a teenager See, God doesn't call you just simply like what you are right now. No, God calls you actually what you can become right now. And that's why you have these dreams and desires that are in your heart. And and they're not things hear me well, those dreams and desires that are in your heart, they're not things that you have come up with on your own. God put them there yet at the same time your mind is going to say well you can't do it you came from a wrong family things are too messed up you you don't have the right education or you're not good enough and and, but guys those thoughts do not come from you they're actually from hell because your life has destiny and purpose attached to it you're not on this earth to simply take up space but walking in that destiny and purpose demands simply daily choices I 'll be honest with you there have been many times where where the stress or the pressure of ministry and a lot of you know you don 't understand it unless you live it but but sometimes it just wears me out and and <laughs> there used to be times when i would would see a man uh maybe working on a street crew or or mowing a lawn and 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 there would be like this envy in my heart i would think i want i want i could just do that i would i would kind of move into this fantasy world of of thinking about working a job like that for a while but then i'd honestly i'd come back to reality and, and i i say no that's that's not for me because that's actually not my destiny that's not my purpose that's not my calling see i'm called to be a pastor to help people to give people hope and to simply offer people jesus and you have a destiny and calling on your life too So my encouragement for you is just to make daily choices and to choose to live called. Live called, not just saved. Don't give up on that destiny and calling. And some of you, you're walking through a fire right now. It's like, man, I'll just be saved. I don't know if I want to live called. But no, what I encourage you to do is act like that little five-year-old kid and just make a decision that you're really going to live. You're not going to just exist. I've heard a lot of people say, well, I don't need church. I don't need that stuff. I, I can talk to God on my own, and I can be saved just knowing God on my own. And, well, I, I'm a theologian. I know that's true. You can be saved, but the truth is you may not stay saved. In fact, there's a actually, scripturally, no way to live out your calling if you try to go it alone. Nothing in the Bible, all 66 books, says that you can do it. I, guys, I, I'm not into wasting my life by just simply being saved. Instead, I'm going to live the life of just living called. And uh, I say this with a smiling, a loving, loving pastor smile on my face, but some of you need to reconsider maybe some of your traveling companions because some of the people that are with you on life's journey are pulling you down and they're distracting you from your purpose and your calling. Uh, in fact i will give you some basic tools on how to assess whether someone should be with you on that adventure of your calling and your destiny are are they critical and negative if they are just check them off the list are they demeaning toward you and other people check them off the list are they stingy and self-seeking get the red ink pen and (laughs) strike them out and say no. Are they they drawing you closer to God? Are they challenging you in your walk with God? Are they encouraging you to be in the house of God? Are they encouraging you to be a generous person and nudging you along? If so, keep them on the list. You see, because negative people, they're, they're going to put these limits on you and they're going to try to pull you away from God's calling on your life. And here's the truth. You may have to disappoint a few people who are beating you down by letting go of them, so you can fulfill your purpose. I'm serious about it. Basically, it's this, are you content just to live saved, or do you have this desire to live called? <laughs> it was a couple of weeks ago, to, about three weeks ago, I was at this community event, and I was sitting next to a minister friend of mine that I do a lot of stuff in the city with, and he's the head priest over at All Saints Catholic Church up the road, and and his name is Father Stephen Hasso. I really like him, Uh, and and uh, and and he he's funny because I always laugh at him because anytime we're in a meeting, and he'll be in the meeting with a mayor right there, and he gets a a phone call, and he just right in the middle just answers, "Hello," you know, just we all just kind of stop the meeting. Uh, Yeah, he doesn't have phone etiquette, but you know what? He's eighty-three years old, and after a while, you can just do what you want to do. That's so cool because Stephen made this statement to me. He, he, he said, he just turned to me at the table and he said, he said, Tim, is that team? Actually, he said it like that. Team, I'm going to die standing up. And I was like, what? Say that again? He said, I'm going to die standing up. And I said, what do you mean? He said, I will never retire. He started pointing at me. I will never retire. I'm going to keep going and I'm going to do it just like my man did, my, my dad did. And this 83-year-old man, what he was doing is he was making this riveting statement that just began to like, pulsate through me. Basically, what he was saying is, if I quit living out my sense of purpose and calling, then I might as well just die, and I'm not going to do that. It's funny because as the first Blue Zones church in, uh, in Fort Worth, even in America, we, we, we as a church uh, know that this is that the research says that living with a sense of purpose will add up to 14 years of life to you. I just love it that, this, that, that again, the scientists and the, the sociologists and these people that are studying all this stuff, they're actually determining that what the Bible has said all along, all along is right. They spent thousands and thousands and millions of dollars to get their information, and we just have the scriptures that say, yeah, do that. When you live with your sense of purpose, you're going to have to live a longer life. I wonder if it's this way. I wonder if God's saying, if you're not going to live with your sense of purpose, then you can go ahead and, and die early, because I, wa- I want to really elongate the lives of those who are marching toward their purpose. I don't know whether God says that or not, but it's true. It's fact. See, I want to live more than just saved, I want to live a Abundantly with a sense of calling and purpose that, that just pulsates through my life. I, I choose to find joy and passion in my calling, which is to raise up leaders and to impact a city and to deliver God's word and to see lives changed for eternity and, and to watch families get healed and relationships renewed and, and health restored for people. That's what makes me passionate. So I, I like to stay around the things and I like to stay around the people that keep this vision and this calling moving forward in my life. In fact, Solomon said it well. He said, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. I, I like that because basically, you know, if you want to personalize that scripture, it, it, it's this, is that, is that if you don't have vision and revelation for your adventure that's ahead then what you'll do is you'll cast off restraint and you'll basically just kind of go wherever the wind blows you. And and that's what we see happening to so many of our friends. And maybe that may be even what's happening with you. It's just like, no, there's really no revelation for your future, so you're not really sure where to go. To discover it, there are a couple of questions you need to ask yourself. What gets you out of bed in the morning? that your your purpose and your destiny is tied to that ask yourself also what is the vision that just drives my life and if you don't have one god so 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 desires to give you one he does and you'll find that i'm going to tell you how to find it today from my birthday this last week My, my birthday was last week and uh i i i'm i I yeah I I don't have a zero in front of my five anymore. There's a one there now. But but my my family took me to see the Magnificent Seven. It's a new movie that was out and and uh, and I love it because it's it's always they say it's released on Friday, but you actually go Thursday to see the movie. I still have no idea how they do that. But but it's, it's cool because in this movie there are these seven fictional men who abandon everything to save this little town and 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 they didn't know anyone there they didn't have any ties there but really these guys this crazy group of guys and I felt like I could identify with every one of them they were just driven with this sense of purpose and and I loved it at the end of the movie I just felt so good and I was standing up walking out of there and I just I started thinking about these guys like man they just went for it and they just gave it their all like they were passionate about what they believed in and I begin to then recall the words of William Wallace from another favorite movie of mine, Braveheart, where he says, every man dies, but not every man truly lives. And guys, I tell you what, I don't want to just exist. I want to live life to the full, which means chasing my destiny and my vision with a sense of purpose. Because when we walk without a vision and without a sense of purpose, we're actually walking on a dangerous path. Now, I'm not going to tell you that from the scriptures, but now healthcare tells you that. See, because what you're doing out there is you're always looking to try to find yourself, yet God has already clearly explained to you and told you who you are, and that's part of what I want to help you to understand. See, because if you're constantly on this, this mission to find yourself, you really won't have that vision or purpose because you're going to keep finding yourself in this place of despair because what happens is you'll, you'll be jumping and hopping and seeking to find yourself in some next big thrill or event. But after it's all over with, you're still the same person and you're empty. In fact, guys, there's a very powerful book of the Bible. The whole book is written on this specific topic. It's called the Book of Ecclesiastes. It's a powerful book. I encourage you to read it. I just did, did a full read of it just, uh, just a few weeks ago. And, and if, if you're seeking experiences to help you find yourself, read the entire book of ecclesiastes it'll be good for you 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 really want to find yourself you want to discover this this purpose and this this calling and this vision for yourself well you just have to actually make some choices first of all so that you can one of those choices is this is tr- make the choice to simply be in God's word make the choice daily as a pastor and as a pastor honestly I've never counseled a person who was struggling with finding their purpose and calling who is actually in God's Word on a daily basis. It's true. Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. In other words, God will tell you what steps to take, and He will also tell you what steps to not take if you're in the Scriptures regularly, if you're daily in God's Word. I mean, it's fundamental. and It's basic. Unfortunately, most people don't do it. (laughs) But the most challenging decisions in reality are the small ones. Nobody just wakes up one day and says, Oh, today I'm going to settle for less. You, you don't wake up and say, Well, today I'm just going to take a break from following God and we're just going to kind of see what happens out there, you know? No, no. What the enemy does, he works on you by, by showing you a little shortcut or a compromise or an easy option for you to take when you're at a period of frustration and then if it's funny because the devil the devil tipped jesus with that same strategy giving him some opportunities to settle for less than what god had for him i know the scale of jesus temptation is different from ours but really the 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 substance behind it the essence of the temptation is the same and jesus pushed through the temptation i know you might say well he was god of course he can do that well actually he was 100 man How did Jesus push through the temptation? Well, really, it's it's simple because it's in there. Jesus simply knew the scriptures. That was one of them. He was in the word, and he he knew the scriptures. He had them in him. So when he was being tempted, he had enough of God's word in him to simply keep him from being deceived. He's like, wait a minute, the scriptures tell me this, so I'm not going to do that. And another thing is that Jesus knew who he was those two things kept him from falling into temptation see he knew his calling and his destiny satan kept saying well if you really think you're the son of god then why don't you do this and why don't you do that he like, said well i know who i am see if the enemy can cause you to doubt who you are or where you're going or to question um question yourself and cause the cause yourself to think well is it even Uh, of any value to get up and go to church or read the scriptures or or is it of any value to build relationships with other believers then actually what he's done is he's always already begun to cause himself to win this battle you know against you because when we start to go that route we've forgotten our destiny our calling and our purpose so here's my encouragement to you don't give up know the word know who you are that's simply how jesus used it to resist the temptation and commit yourself yet again to this wild territory that God wants you to go into, and He's called you to, because that's amazing. Another thing to do is to choose daily your calling above your comfort. Calling above comfort. See, comfort will destroy you. You, wanna, you don't even need to doubt me on that one. Come on, you're educated. You went to school. You, you know what the stories of history, whenever people lean into comfort, comfort destroys them. And, and I honestly, I've even thought back on my own life, I've never made good forward advance when I was just comfortable. Now, I understand there are brief times of comfort that we, that, that's fine, but living for comfort is the way to fail. Instead, Choose your calling over your comfort. What that means is refusing to continually just intoxicate yourself with with endless entertainment and mind-numbing pursuits that take you nowhere. Pursue your calling over your comfort. And when you do this, your life, I promise you, you can count on this. It will begin to overflow with joy and meaning, and you'll begin to feel like you're living out God's best for your life. You need to choose daily just to to accept and to embrace the adventure that's out there that God has for you. And that adventure for you It may be in the boardroom. It may be in a kindergarten classroom. It could be in your office suite. It may be at home raising those children or in a classroom. But there is an adventure ahead for you, and it's part of what God's built into you. So embrace it. In fact, Solomon said it this way. He said, God, teach me to number my days. Teach us to number our days so that we can gain a heart of wisdom it's cause and effect basically if you if you if you number your days then you'll realize that life is brief and that will help us to stop the nonsense of hesitating or wallowing or feeling sorry for ourselves or complaining or arguing or even numbing ourselves see number your days and recognize this guys There's a purpose and there's a calling to fulfill on your life. Solomon says, you're basically, he says this, you're going to get more wise. You're going to get wiser when you number your days and live with destiny and purpose. Another thing to do is just to choose daily that you're going to focus on Jesus. say, that's so simple, Tim. But but, but really, we focus on our own problems instead. And, and, And you know your problems are big. Come on, you know it. We all have problems. It's a fact of life. But if you focus on your misery and you focus on your pain, you focus on the evil stuff that's surrounding you, or or you focus on how disadvantaged you are against everyone else, then what you're actually doing is you're giving up your calling and your destiny. Instead, choose to focus on Jesus. and I, I encourage you to memorize Romans chapter 8, verses 37, 38, and 39. And here's what it says. Come on, this is good. This is good. It says, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And and I love this. Paul wrote this, and he's a guy who went through some heavy-duty stuff, some intense stuff. And Paul says, I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation can separate us from the love of God is in Christ Jesus our Lord because he is the author of your vision and your purpose Jesus is the originator of your vision God is the source of your calling and when you focus on Jesus the original adventurer then you can walk through hell and high water you get your eye but you you take your eyes off Jesus and then things begin to go south you need to choose daily to also just to press forward. Keep pressing forward. Keep pressing forward. I know you do get tempted like I do to sometimes just give up and throw in the towel. You know you get tempted. It, those temptations come. But if you begin to doubt the route that you're on or your destination of following Christ and the things that you know to do that are right, what typically happens is you'll stop whatever you're doing. You'll stop those forward pursuits, these things that I'm listing here for you today, and you'll, you'll actually try to reconfigure. But once you stop, I've seen this over and over, it becomes easier and easier just to go the way of least resistance. Yeah. Um, in many ways, it's kind of like Peter when he was walking on the water and, and Jesus called him out on the water and the stormy seas, the waves are going all over the place. And as long as Jesus, if Peter was focused on Jesus and pressing forward, he kept advancing through the rough seas. But as soon as Peter began to look down and he hesitated and he started to doubt and he began to think about the reality of what was going on around him, he began to sink straight down. I'm telling you guys, I'm a pastor and this is real and this is a big, 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 big deal for me because I've seen this happen over and over and over in people's lives. And as a 51-year-old man now, I have to honestly say, I've seen so much of it that it breaks my heart. It does, it really does, because, um, I I guess it's because I care about people. I know there's treasure in every person. I know there's destiny and purpose, and sometimes I've pled with people like, please be in church, or come back to church, or or be in the Word. What are you reading in the Word? Well, I decided I'm gonna read some books. Or simply get back in fellowship with other Christian friends. Well, some of them let me down. But I, I, I hear it. I hear it a lot. I, I, mean, I tell you, I hear it a lot. And it's not heard, it's here. <laughs> I hear it a lot. Well, Pastor, I just need to some sort things out and think things through. I'm a smart person, you know. and I need to take a trip. I need to go find myself. I, I need to indulge in a little more entertainment and experiences and let God kind of speak to me through all of that. But I just want to expose the lie of that, guys. I'm, a, I, I, I'm, I'm past 50 now. I'm on the other side of that journey to 100, one year into it. <laughs> Listen to me now. I have never seen that work. Never. I know society says, do all that and you'll find yourself. I haven't seen it work yet. I'm older than most of you. I know a couple of you might have a year or two on me. but So I want you to hear the wisdom of the the white-headed sage up here. (laughs) Here's here's the wisdom. Why not just simply go the way of the ancient path? Why not live your life in a way that the fruit of your labor is actually going to outlive you? Slam dunk. I want to live that way. But the only way that's going to happen is if you keep moving forward and simply refuse to cave into the temptation to give up. You can do it, though, because Scripture says, Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I love this. Look at this. Okay, this is one. If you take a picture of anything on the screens today, you need this. Come on, get those phones out. Look, no test or temptation that comes your way is beyond the course of what others have had to face. That's a big deal. Now, keep reading. It says, all you need to do is remember that God will never let you down. He will never let you be pushed beyond your limit. He will always be there to help you come through it. <laughs> so, 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 so run toward the God of vision, the God of purpose, the God of destiny. Press forward and do these daily choices because they will compound. I was thinking, uh, you know, really the way I started to put this message together, were, wh- what are some of my daily strategies that help me? Because I do face temptation. I do f- face discouragement. I do have pressure. I, d- I do have frustrations. I mean, it's not fun dealing with another fractured bone on my body, <laughs> on the same leg. It's just, ah! I could give up. I could have just said, oh, you know, it's hard to get out of bed this morning. Ouch, my foot hurt when I've hit the floor. I just need to rest today. It's like, no, no. I have these strategies, and here they are. Simply daily strategies for me. Stay in God's Word. You guys can even follow me on your U you Bible app and you know, follow me, and I'll follow you back. You can even see my daily Bible reading. It's a portion of it, but the truth is, I need God's Word daily, and I do it. I got to have it. I choose daily to focus on Jesus and not other people and not all the problems that I have because people and problems, I, I will always get let down if I look in that direction because the people around me are imperfect. But Jesus won't let you down because he is perfect. I choose daily to stick with my covenant relationships. I will stick with the covenant relationship of my wife of 27 years, 28 years, and, uh, it's kind of cool when you don't even remember how many more years. It's just awesome. She doesn't think so, but I think so. <laughs> I will stick with the covenant relationships that I have with my sons. I love them, and they, they can disappoint me, but I'm still going to love them anyway because I have a covenant with them. I, I, I stick with the covenant relationship of my pastor who spoke here just two weeks ago because he's my pastor, and, and when I need a good kick in the rear end, he does it to me and he jabs me and he says some things to me that I don't like from time to time and I don't say well you're not going to be my pastor anymore I'll show you I've never done that because I won't because I have this covenant relationship with him and God speaks to me that way my covenant relationship with my leadership team the people whom I pastor, the, the city life partners, I'm not going to give up on covenant relationships because a covenant is not like a contract. A contract says, well, if you do this for me, I'm going to do this for you. you know, I, I, that's, that's, the, that's the world system. I want covenant relationships. I'm going to stick with them daily. It's a daily choice, and it's not easy. But it works when you're pursuing your destiny and your calling, when you really want to make a difference in this world. I, I, choose, I choose daily to live generously. I choose generosity. I want to live with a spirit of generosity. I absolutely refuse to be stingy. I got some of the sorriest service I've ever had at a restaurant, at a nice restaurant where they, they train people. If I were to tell you the restaurant, I mean, I'll tell you, they have like the best people. This guy was terrible. But I still am going to tip the guy. I mean, the poor guy, he, he is like, he was either drunk or had a headache, but I'm not going to be mean to him. But I'm especially not going to be stingy with God. And, and some of you, you you, you even need to respond to this message by, by even giving an offering, using that envelope that you kind of hid from yourself so you wouldn't feel guilty or you just need to go back to the giving station after the message. See generosity has continually unlocked doors for me over and over, especially when being generous was most difficult. I I choose generosity with my time. I choose generosity with my finances. I also choose daily to do this. It is to maintain a long-term focus. You see, because what happened last week, like with this here, That's actually in my past. The pain of it is today, but it happened in my past. So I'm not going to just focus and stare at today's pain. I'm going to do the right things, but but I'm not going to look at the discomfort and the barriers and just whine about it. No, no, no. See, I choose to live daily with a long-term focus because I do plan to live to be 100, and I still have a lot of years to accomplish the thing God wants to do through me. And obstacles I'm just saying obstacles are not going to determine my destiny. Some of you guys need to say the same thing. I will keep a long-term focus for my life. I will always do so with this church as well. I, I, I Also, finally, I choose daily to not trust my emotions. My dad gave me this wisdom. It was, it was right at the time when I was getting into my Mustang and I was about to drive off to go to college Study to be a pastor and my dad was there. My mom was crying She goes, you're never going to come back. I'm like, yeah, that's right. I am not going to come back. But my dad, in his sweet stability and wisdom, oh, they're actually going to, they're planning to be here with us in a few weeks. He, he, he gave me these words about not trusting my emotions. and I, I, I received that. I've learned this is that when I'm really, really high, that's good. But I don't make major decisions when I'm there. I can't live there and I won't live there. It's not possible. When I'm really, really low, I know that that's also a false reality too. I'm not going to make major decisions or react based on the emotions that I feel there. When I feel emotions that say quit, give up, give in, just haul off and get angry, live for yourself, stop serving others, they've let you down anyway. Stop being generous because everybody's out to get you. Or when I start to believe the worst about a person, I'm saying no, 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 stinking way. Let me just push it, no, no, stinking way. (laughs) I, I just choose daily to press forward by not trusting my own erratic emotions. Now, I know you have no erratic emotions. You're very stoic. You guys are so stoic. I'm glad. Actually, I, I know I'm just lying about you. But I encourage you to not let your emotions derail your journey. Here's my motto Eyes up, one foot in front of the other, even when it's painful to take the step. Engage in the adventure that's ahead. Live dangerously for Jesus. I mean, really, really, really actually live life to its fullest. And and that is simply the easiest way to make your life count. So it's just every day, every step, choices. These choices will cause your life to blossom. There'll be a multiplication, a compounding effect that will actually take you to amazing places. And live like that, innocent five-year-old who has a dream in his life and, and, and feeling a destiny, not having everything figured out, but simply refusing to let your skinned knees stop you from getting back on that bike, or continuing to dig through the rubble or the ashes for treasure, or to explore the vast expanse of the woods, but not your neighbor's house. So there, there, there's a calling, there's a destiny And there's a purpose for your life. Embrace it. Know it. Learn it. Engage it. Eyes up. One foot in front of the other. Would you please close your eyes and focus internally for a moment. I began preparing this message months ago, really about six months ago. So I put together some initial ideas for this message. And God designed it. He even began designing it back then for you to hear, for you to receive this message is certainly not directed to an individual. There's No, not at all. If it's to anyone, it's to me. But God's speaking to a lot of you. And if you feel like your life is on a treadmill, and, and, and or maybe you're searching for your purpose and your calling and your destiny, maybe you're struggling just to simply live out these daily choices that I explained, then if so, I want to pray for you. Because there's something more for you out there. And today can be a pivotal day for you. I want you to receive this prayer. Would you just receive this prayer? And some of you if you just feel like stretching your hands out to God, just receive this, receive this, receive this prayer of blessing right now. Jesus, I just pray for everyone who's hearing my voice that they will be full of your spirit and your life. God, I pray that they will that that everyone will feel this this stirring to to do the works of Christ and to, to live generous and to be a person of the word and to make these daily choices that are going to cause a breakthrough into joy and peace in life like never before. God, let everyone in this room truly engage and embrace the adventure ahead in Jesus' name. Also, as you continue to pray with this attitude of intimacy before god if you want to know this jesus that we talk about around here all the time you want a clean slate you're ready to live your life with a renewed sense of purpose i want to give you an opportunity to respond so if you want to be included in a closing prayer where you can make jesus christ the lord of your life i'm simply going to ask you to lift your hand so that i can see it and my faith will engage with yours and we're going to pray all together Because faith is when we respond outwardly to what's happened inwardly. Because God loves you so much and He died for you so that you can have life and purpose and destiny and everything can change today through Jesus. You want to give your life to Jesus? You want to pray this prayer with me? You want my faith to connect with yours this morning? Would you just simply lift your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. Today, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to serve Him. I want forgiveness of sins. Would you just lift your hand for me? Connect your faith with mine. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Who else? Who else? I need Jesus today. Hey, congregation, will will everyone just please stand with me? I want you to stand with me. Everyone in the room. Listen, if you raised your hand, or even if you didn't raise your hand, but you know you need to pray this prayer with me, I'm going to ask you along with everyone else here in the congregation, every follower of Christ, to pray these words out loud with me. I don't want you to mean it. Will you just give this prayer to God right now? Come on, let's all pray. Pray these words. Just follow after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sin. I believe you're the Son of God. Please forgive my sins. Today I give up my past and I embrace the future that you have for me I will choose daily to follow you Jesus regardless of how I feel at any given moment thank you for making me new thank you for forgiveness in Jesus name amen thank you for listening to this week's podcast for more information about how you can get involved with City Life Locally text CONNECT to 41411. Again, that's CONNECT to 41411. Or visit us online at citylifecenter.org. We would love to meet you.